episode eight. Here we are. Hello and welcome wherever you're listening to this little show we call Between the Ears. I, I need to stop calling it a little show. I think I need to think I need to manifest and um, pump the show up a little bit more. I think I'm discrediting it. So, welcome to this to this um, worldwide phenomenon uh, that is Between the Ears with with Luke McPherson. This show that's um, a, a, a pop culture giant and really in the zeitgeist of of public opinion as always i'm your i'm your host luke and it's a it's a pleasure to have you on board eight episodes and i know eight isn't that high a number like if you have eight of something it's not like you have a lot but eight episodes that's more than more than two months coming up on well it's probably three months of work that it's taken me to get out eight episodes um there's always I'm constantly thinking behind the scenes about the show, getting on guests, editing. It's it's really cool, and I'm and I'm really proud that I've gotten to these eight episodes. It hasn't always been easy, and there's definitely been times where I've been like, "Why are you doing this?" But it's really cool to reflect. I, I always talk about that. Sometimes you need to look back, and you need to be proud of yourself. I know that, especially in Australian culture, we've. No one wants to sound arrogant, but I'm very proud of myself for, for getting to, to eight episodes. I think that the more you can love yourself and be kind and, and get around your achievements, the the happier you'll be and, and, and you'll be a better person because you'll be happier. So there you go. It's not me being arrogant, but I'm very, very pleased with myself and, and very proud and, and just absolutely stoked that I've gotten to eight episodes. Now, today, it's not that we're we're not going down in quality either. These episodes are only getting better. We've got we've got a woman on named Alice Teague Neal. She's a 2022 Suncourt Super Netball champion with the West Coast Fever. I had the privilege of sitting down and chatting to her um, about some of the highs and the lows of her career heading into the 2023 Suncourt Super Netball season, which begins next month, the 18th of March. It was it was so cool to chat with her as I listened to the episode I was thinking geez we we really focused on the lows a lot and that isn't a nature of us being um you know doomsday merchants but it was it was that Alice was so candid and and open uh, opening up and speaking um so bravely about all of her experiences as a professional netballer that it just it seemed right to continue to talk about struggles and vulnerabilities and I opened up about mine as well as I often do it it was really it was really cool to be able to to have a chat with her it's not because we're pessimists but I think just because of how brave she was it was really important to to make the most of the way that she was talking about some of those experiences that she's been through and obviously it ended up with a happy ending not that her career is is over it's far from over actually um, but it ended up with a happy ending of her, obviously, getting that championship last year. And the uh, WA netball community are obviously so proud of the Fever, a drought-breaking premiership. And after I spent time with Alice and, and after you listen to this episode, I'm sure that you'll be just as proud. She's such a kind, beautiful and, and brave person um, that I... I have the privilege of calling my friend. I actually haven't checked with her that that we are friends, but I'm just going to I'm just going to say she's my friend. Don't don't fact check me on that. If you see her on the street, don't ask don't ask if we're friends. 
but it was it was really cool to to spend some time with her and this episode is an absolute ripper we obviously talked about the the 2022 premiership we talked about her time at the vixens her time growing up in in victoria and her time at the collingwood netball club as well so her uh her journey to the fever and obviously that ended up with a with a cherry on top and and i I'm really excited to see how she goes in season 2023. I'll, I'll definitely be, I'll definitely be watching, and I'm sure by the time that you and all the listeners get to the end of this episode, Alice and the Fever will have a few more fans because, as I said, she's such a great person, and it was so great to have a chat with her. I really hope you enjoy. Make sure you like, subscribe, tell your friends about the show, have a listen to to former episodes if this is your first one that you're listening to. All of Alice's fan club are getting on board and it's a pleasure to have you so alice teague neil episode eight let's go hello and welcome we've got another excellent guest and i'm very excited to have this lady sitting beside me. Uh, she's a West Coast Fever player and a 2022 Super Netball champion. She's still happy by the looks of things <laughs> when I say that. Alice Teague-Neil, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are you today? I'm, I'm good. Going well for my Sunday. Awesome. How are you, how are you feeling heading into a, into a podcast? I'm excited. I haven't actually done a podcast, so it's my first one. So you're lucky. Yeah, I, I am very lucky. I consider myself very lucky to have you in this uh, little makeshift studio that we've got going on here. It's um, it's quite interesting. I'm still terrible at audio quality and all that stuff, so we're sort of huddled around one microphone and we'll and we'll give it a go. Now we always start the show the same way before we get stuck in. I reckon let's break the ice. Mm-hmm. Let's do a bit of gratefulness early. Do you want to take the reins or do you want me to go? I can go. Awesome. Um, and and I just want to, I don't want to cut you off, but yes. I want to say, good to see someone taking the reins because usually it's me going first. So go for it. Perfect. All right. Number one would be probably very classic for Perth, but the weather that we've been having in Perth, um, enjoying the beaches on my weekends off, which is um, sometimes take that for granted. Um, I've been home recently, so um, in Victoria, and then coming back to this, just realised how grateful I am for the beaches and the weather over here. Number two, bit netball related, but yesterday um, we're three months into pre-season and we had our first bit of match play yesterday, so very exciting and grateful for that. And then number three would be recently got a new job, so... Oh, yeah, cool. That's exciting. That. What are you yeah. doing at the moment? Um, my first physio job. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. so just graduated. We were talking a bit um, women's health and stuff. Is that something that you're interested in? Eventually, Eventually. I think. Um, down the track. Yeah, down the track, but we'll see. Um, Over to you. All right, my three. Now, my three are getting more and more expensive because I'm doing a lot of podcasts, so I don't want to get repetitive and for them yeah. to be boring not as generic as mine I, no but yours were good they were good i didn't did i compliment you did i say no, they were good? I, don't, I don't know if you did well they were good so Excellent. i'll establish that now mm-hmm. um i think today might might just be the best day of my life oh why i, I don't know if it oh. is i've had a lot of good days but this just i woke up early um went for a ride with my brother mm-hmm. then i'm training for a triathlon so ran off the bike then went and had coffee with some friends got home my dad's there so 
dad and I had a chat. Then knock on the door. My sister's there with her two, um, with my niece and nephew. And then obviously come here, do mm-hmm. the pod. We're having dinner with my brother afterwards. And I've ticked all the sibling off. Didn't <laughs> see my mum, but I'm sure she's out there thinking about me somewhere. Um, <laughs> but it was just, just a great day. Like yeah, it was just that awesome. Sounds like I was, a ripper. Yeah, I was uh, just for some reason I'm like this day everything has come together. Um, number two, I mentioned the audio quality and I had a mic blow up on me throughout the week. And obviously, it's typical of us. We're like, this sucks. Technology never works. Mm-hmm. Then I have to go to JB Hi-Fi. I have to find a park at the Belmont Forum. And then I was actually thinking, let's flip it. Like. So many people around the world don't have a local shopping center. They don't have a means to even get there or a means to get a mic or like how privileged am I to be in this position where I can um, just talk smack with someone far interesting, <laughs> far more interesting no. than myself. So I'm very lucky for that. And then the other one, I think you'll like this one. Mm. I had a packet of tiny teddies Ooh. on Friday night. Lovely. When was the last time you had a packet of tiny teddies? so long ago it's funny because I was literally watching a video the other day it popped up on Facebook like an interview with Margot Robbie and they were opening like tiny teddies and I literally said to myself I have not had a tiny teddy in so long but they are so good neither have I (laughs) there was I just got home from work and there was like an 18 pack at home and I was like I'll have one of those little bear and then I think dad has polished off the other 17 because there's there's none left but those those things are incredible I went honey Mm, because all the chocolate were already gone But I would have probably, I think I would have gone honey. Yeah. Yeah, honey, same. underrated, underrated. So nice. there you go. People, they come for the they come for the netball stories and they stay yeah. for the tiny teddies. That's <laughs> that's how we live in this show. Um, we talked about growing up a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. country Victoria. What can you tell me about, I guess, your life when you were younger? We want to paint a picture for people mm-hmm. out there listening of, of who you are, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I grew up in, I guess it is classified as country Victoria. It's only about, um, I was in Ocean Grove, so it's about half an hour away from Geelong, about an hour and a half, two hours away from Melbourne, so not too far. Um, but I grew up there with two older sisters um, and mum and dad until I was in year 10 and then um, moved to Melbourne with mum and dad and the other girls had already moved out of home, but um, did all my local netball and um all well most of my schooling in ocean grove and geelong um loved living there it's a coastal town so i love being by the beach that's when i moved over here obviously loved perth and the weather and the beaches so used to being kind of close to the beach um but yeah just a really good spot to grow up and we were surfer would we have seen you back in the day (laughs) on a few barrels or something no not at all i wish i'm not a surfer i have tried it did surf life saving, so I can do um, that type of stuff. You can rescue but not, me when yeah, I, try. I can rescue other people that go out and try surfing. But um, no, I wouldn't say I'm a surfer. Okay, and you touched that on your your dad, mm-hmm. and I know that you are very much your own person, yep. and it's always that's all right. Um, but let's chat a bit about your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, the second part of your surname, your dad is yep. Mark Neal, who played a bit of football himself and then yeah. coached Melbourne. What can you tell me about what it was like growing up? And yeah. and also, do you hate questions like this where people ask you about your dad? No, I don't hate them. And like you said, I am my own individual person, so it's fine. Um, obviously, I think dad being a part of sport 
kind of or definitely um we grew up in a household that loved sport and I think that definitely played a part of it as well mum also played netball and um loved her sport as well um and I think dad being involved you just get a different and from a young age um a different insight into other sports other um kind of ways that AFL he's obviously was a part of that how they go about things and I think as I grew older and kind of became more professional and um, kind of chose netball as my thing in life. Um, I think it really helped me. It was really interesting. Um, the struggles, the highs, the lows that um, all sports people and people in general um, with life go through. And I think definitely having dad never, he wasn't someone that ever wanted to be my coach or um, he's quiet in the stands. He'll never yell and cheer and um, kind of coach me or do anything like that. Um, which I really appreciated, but he was always there as a sounding board if I did want to bring up anything to do with sports or something I was struggling with in terms of netball, um, which I thought was really great. But yeah, definitely influential. Now, there's an interesting question, and it's, a, it's quite a heavy question. Not mm-hmm. heavy, but it's, it's a tough one to answer early mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. about your dad. Mm-hmm. When he was coaching at Melbourne, yeah. was obviously a tough time at Melbourne and you might have almost seen I don't know how old you were when your dad was coaching that might be the first question Um, but you would have seen the the dark side of sport and Mm. especially professional sport with the pressure and the stuff that your dad would have been under at the time how old were you at the time I well he was assistant coach at Collingwood for four years prior and that was maybe when I was like grade six seven eight nine maybe and I think he got the Melbourne job that's why we moved to Melbourne um, when I was in year 10. So 10, 11, year 10 and 11, he was coaching there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely old enough to um, understand, obviously not the deep, deep things that were going on. And he did obviously didn't um, tell me everything, but yeah. um, old enough to understand, yeah, when stuff was yeah not great. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of a big... First of all, we moved to Melbourne for dad, obviously, um, getting that job, which we were so excited about. My two older sisters had already moved out of home in Melbourne. Um, So it was just me, mum and dad. And initially I was obviously, how old are you, like 16, changing schools, moving to Melbourne. I was a bit shitty about that situation. (laughs) So I was already um, kind of not loving mum and dad. but then and had my first two weeks or three weeks at my new school and absolutely hated it, hated life. So yeah. mum and dad kind of copped a bit from me for yeah. that. But um, after a month or two, I loved it. Um, and then dad's, yeah, wasn't ideal situation that yeah. Melbourne was going through. Um, obviously really hard to see. And obviously at that age, year 10, there's people at school that know. Yeah. Like, I literally got to a school and it was like, oh, that's Mark Neal's um, yeah. daughter. Like, he coaches Melbourne. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, but I also <laughs> am Alice and I play netball and I yeah. do this. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that was quite hard, I think, when it started to get quite bad and towards the end. And obviously, they didn't win much. Um, and AFL is very, very um, ruthless and so is sport in general, I guess. Um, and my sisters and I often back then um you don't do it anymore and obviously don't like to do it but the stuff that comes up in comments and social media and stuff like that about a family member is just crazy like I've had it um like based on me but it's almost worse when it's someone yeah 
in the family and it was horrible and I think being in year 10 year 11 um, it's just awful to see those comments um, and things that are just like really hurtful Mm. and I think I didn't know the extent of everything that dad went through until probably a bit older, but it was horrible and it was horrible for mum and dad. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Just very low, low time for them, I think. Um, But obviously I feel like if you speak to, I know the podcast is not about you, dad, but if you were (laughs) to speak to dad about this, he would not change doing that. Yes. Yeah. Come out the other end. Now, I'd, I'm sorry. It was a hard question, but it, no. it, it sort of flowed <gasps> No, it's fine. Unfortunately. No. Now, obviously, you start getting better at netball mm-hmm. when you're talented growing up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Does an experience like that when you're a kid sour your expectations of what it's going to be like if you end up achieving your dream and you're you know, um, in the public sphere? Might probably, be a hard one to answer. No, probably not back then I feel like when you're younger and used to like playing really well um you don't really have as many expectations I suppose on yourself and kind of that outside noise which you get a lot now but I feel like when you're younger you're not at the professional level yet you want to be but you haven't experienced yourself as many hardships I guess um from netball so I don't think that soured my Um, aspirations or whatever to be a professional netballer Um, it just kind of gave me in a way it was good it gave me an insight into like I don't know I just felt like I didn't have to worry like the people that were commenting the people that would say things to me at school I'm like well you actually don't know what's going on you have no idea so it just kind of made me realize that the people that actually matter are the people that are in the inner sanctum my family my friends the people in the team that actually know what's going on Awesome, amazing, and so obviously you you start getting better, and then you you know you start getting um, looked at to play in Super Netballs, and I think mm-hmm. you went to a um, junior worlds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about your time mm-hmm. as a junior netball? You were pretty highly touted, and probably the world was your oyster, hey? At that, yeah. At that point in in life. Yeah, life was pretty good. Um, still is, you know. It is still no. Like you. This is your retirement. No, we spoke about this before. I am old. (laughs) No, yeah, this is Um, just celebrated your fiftieth birthday, and now you're on the pod. So exactly, just reflecting on my life, my career. (laughs) Yeah, look, I look back. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, life was pretty good. Um, obviously, love netball. Netball. Um, I did a lot of sports growing up, but when I kind of got to that fifteen, sixteen, um, age, chose netball and decided, yep, this is what I want to do. Um, I was good at it, so obviously enjoyed it. Um, started to make state teams um, and like underage national teams, which was pretty cool when you're like 16 or something. And I know it's not the Australian Diamonds or anything, but when you're putting on the green and gold for a junior team, it's pretty cool. Mm. Um, and got to go to New Zealand for that, which was um, pretty awesome when you're still at school and you're young. Um, so did that. And then we moved to Melbourne in year 10 in the... Uh, 12 um i was training with the melbourne vixens so they're it used to be called anz back then but it's the same as suncorp super netball um i trained with them a little bit as a training partner and then just as i was graduating year 12 um got a contract with melbourne vixens for the following year um and then played with them for a couple of years and then moved to Collingwood, and now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. You made it. I've to made Perth, it to, to WA. Perth. I know. Um, now talk to me about your 
time at the Vixens mm -hmm. probably wasn't when you started off there actually playing wasn't the strongest team in the comp but you were one mm -hmm. of the real standouts for the side I suppose with coming through and you know you're a bit of a rising star what was it mm -hmm. like when you come straight in and and things are pretty good from the beginning well it was the first so I had two years at Vixens the first year did not play yeah it was very true like back when I started talk like I'm freaking old I'm not like back when we'll back in, in my show day definitely not old <laughs> but back when in my first season um there used to be 12 on a team so five would be on the bench now it's 10 so there's yeah. three on the bench and we have rolling subs now so when I started it was very much the starting seven it was a bit more traditional mm. five would sit on the bench it was rare for anyone to yeah. kind of change maybe there'd be one that would maybe get the regular um call up but so I pretty much sat on the bench for 95% of that year, um, which is really hard to take as an 18-year-old. You've just played netball since you were six, pretty much played most games. Yeah. You didn't have many setbacks. You loved netball. And then to go from that to sitting on the bench, I played five minutes um, for the whole season was really strange. I didn't play a netball game that year. Um, and I feel like that was quite tough. Um, and when I was 18, I kind of bottled that up. I didn't speak to anyone. I didn't really love netball. Um, but then as sport goes, someone got injured the following year. The goal attack um, did her ACL and I was lucky enough to be the next one and played everything, basically every minute of the following season and suddenly loved my netball again. Um, so at the end of that season, we, I think we made it to the finals. We lost by a lot, but I had a great year um, running around, actually playing netball, enjoying it, playing well. Um, and then at the end of that year, the um, competition changed to Suncorp Super Netball. So we added three new teams. So Collingwood, who were associated with the football team, Sunshine Coast Lightning and GWS Giants, um, and got the opportunity to go to Collingwood, um, which I took. Um, and yeah, and then started at Collingwood, but that was my Vixen's journey. You touched on it a little bit about, um, and we sort of jump around, we, we jump around. We jump around, I'm all about the jumping around. We try around. to go chronologically, but then someone it's says hard, something and I'll I get something. distracted. Mm. Yeah, sorry. Um, no. we had the last episode that we, uh, a couple of episodes ago, we had a guy named Jake Harvey, who's mm -hmm. over, was playing in the Hockey World Cup and he talked about, you come through and you're basically the best player in every team you play in as mm -hmm. a gun junior and then to face the experience that maybe you're not good enough but it's so late it's mm. when you've already made it can you talk to me about that was what yeah. that was like you said it was pretty challenging as an 18 year old to have always been the best and now suddenly you're not getting not. a look in yeah it was hard um and i think it's supposed like I don't think it would be easy for anyone and I think you're still young you're a little bit immature um, you are used to playing 60-minute games all the time and traveling um, nationals and tours and whatever and then to go from that it was like you'd learn a lot it kind of slaps you in the face in the first couple of training sessions when you're training against obviously I loved the opportunity and I was very grateful um, to be playing with some of the girls that I had watched um, and it was crazy to be like playing against Jeeva mentor and um, Bianca Chatfield who I looked up to so much and I had um, Cheryl McMahon who has 
in my opinion, the best goal attack that's ever played. And she was one of our, she was my shooting coach. So obviously there's aspects that are amazing and you do love that and you are very grateful um, and super lucky. But I feel when you're that age, yeah, it's very hard to take. And like I said before, I didn't really speak to anyone about it. I let it kind of bottle up the whole um, year and then kind of got to a point where I just broke um, and had to speak to the coach and be like, look, I'm really not enjoying this. Um, what can we do? And we're so lucky. There's so many resources and people around us that we can talk to. Um, and even finding someone that you're comfortable to talk to, it might not even be in the program, but they do go above and beyond to kind of find that network that works for you. And I think that was really um, helpful. And then, yeah, to then go on the following year and um, love my netball and enjoy it and actually play well. <laughs> we'll get to the we'll get to the highlights soon. And yes. Started to. <laughs> what are some of the thoughts you reckon? So, part of the part of the show is I want to highlight to people that even if you're a Suncourt Super Netball champion, an absolute mm-hmm. gun, you still have the thoughts of self-doubt and stuff mm. that are completely natural emotions to feel. Yeah. What were some of the things? Do you remember some of the things that you would you would think to yourself? Maybe even at your time when you first got to the Fever or even when you are mm-hmm. at Collingwood, some yeah. of those thoughts of, you know, because we're constantly going through yeah. we're having millions of thoughts a day and they're not always positive. No, they're not. And definitely, like, it's funny. Obviously had that my first year, didn't play, didn't love netball, didn't love it, whatever. Go play the following year, love it, feeling great. And then even when I went to Collingwood, it was just a whole new experience kind of low like um that I hadn't experienced before um and definitely so I was there for two years um another up and down in terms of performance wise and the team so we'd kind of this when this team was created it was you'd look at it on paper and go whoa like it is yeah it was insane and Besides, there was um, two young, I feel like every position, bar the goal attack position, <laughs> that I played um, was filled with like an Australian diamond. Yeah. So obviously I was wanting that opportunity to play with all these people. There was a girl, a couple of girls that um, I'd already played with. So, and it was literally across the road. I wasn't moving anywhere. Um, and it sounded like a great opportunity. Um, but that was not the case. Um, we weren't as good as what um, I suppose everyone had thought, even um, as players. Um, I struggled a lot with, um, I guess, the environment um, and performance-wise. I think it got to the end of end of this, my first or second year, I can't remember, and I literally got to the point and I was like, no. I remember Dad picked me up from the airport um, I don't know where we'd been and I just burst into tears and I was like, no, like I'm, I don't want to do this. I'm done. I don't know what to do. Um, and I think we had one more game left of the season and I got home and I was still living at home at the time. And, um, mum and dad were like, look, you don't have to go. You don't need to go. Like if you really are done, you, I'm sure they can find someone else to go on this interstate trip. And it kind of, I remember being like, what? Like, I do still love netball. The thought of not going or not doing, um, going away with the team and playing, um, like didn't really sit well with me. Mm. Although I hate, like at the time I, I did, I hated the net, I hated my netball. I wanted to quit, but there was something still, I feel in me that didn't want to. We talked about 
I was reading an article mm-hmm. because yeah, I know that your time at Collingwood was challenging mm-hmm. and so far in the episode with everything that you've already said, you've already been very courageous. So mm-hmm. well done with the stuff you've said so far and I'm sure you're going to continue you. to be <laughs> courageous. But there was an article from the Sydney Morning Herald on May 6, 2019 and it labelled you as like... So I think this was after you'd already moved on from Collingwood, but oh, labelled yeah, yeah. you as sort of like a um, scapegoat in that team. As you said, Collingwood didn't go very well at mm-hmm. the start. Six out of the seven girls on the quarter diamonds, mm-hmm. and you're the one out of seven. So it must like it must be obvious. It must be mm-hmm. your fault that they're not winning. Yeah, you know, it can't be any anyone else's fault. They're all yeah. diamonds. What was it? What was that experience? like for you you're so Mm. young it's Mm -hmm. so challenging all these superstars and it's not working yeah can you yeah what can you what can you say about that Um, time yeah it was just it was super challenging and I feel like although I kind of had that year at my first year at Vixens and I was like oh this is must be the lowest it can get like you're just not playing and you don't love it whereas this time I was getting opportunities to play I just was not performing and I feel like that was a bit of a difference and I hadn't had that before and I feel like as an athlete when you're not performing you just overthink everything um I kind of went into my shell for a bit um didn't want to really speak about it um I did event like I spoke to sports psych and um things like that but not at the start you kind of don't want to look any deeper you just and it can be um I guess Obviously, it doesn't fall on one person's shoulder shoulders um, that you're losing, but it can be kind of, I guess, an excuse in itself being like, well, it's not, we're surrounded by, um, like, it's not just my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like once I did start to speak um, to people about it, um, like my whole time at Collingwood, I did not hate. I obviously loved, um, there were some good times. Um, I loved the group of girls that we were with, and I think... Everyone was in obviously different boats, but we were losing as a team. Um, and I feel like everyone kind of bonded. What a silly thing to bond about. <laughs> but um, I feel like, yeah, the girls are really great. And um, like I wouldn't, someone asked me the other day, like, what have you changed? If Looking back now, what have you stayed at Vixen's? Like, do you wish you didn't move to Collingwood? And I was like, to be honest, no. Um because then I wouldn't be here and it's just that kind of flow on effect. And I feel like I'm definitely um, better off going through that, although I hated it. Um, definitely more resilient following. I spoke about it a couple of episodes and I always say it to anyone I know who's going through a tough time, no matter what's happened, no matter how good it was, how bad mm-hmm. it was, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't change anything. Talk to me. So I'll put you in, in my shoes, right? Mm-hmm. It's UWA, court three, 8.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. They've given me a shoot of bib in, in mixed netball. <laughs> and I'm standing under the ring. And that ring looks so much smaller than the ball. Yeah. Like, the shooters in netball, I'm like, that's actually so hard to do. <laughs> but what's it like when you're down on confidence mm. and you're trying to do that thing? And there's only two people that can score in... Yep. netball it's not like most forever. other sport where it's yeah exactly yeah. um so yeah can you talk to me a little bit about mm. that pressure and and you almost touched on i guess performance anxiety would be mm-hmm. the word that the 
sports sites would yes. often use. Can you talk to me about those two things that you Yeah, so obviously when you are, I feel like as a goaler, so um, in netball, it is extremely hard. You obviously have that extra thing of shooting um, and it, it's like a f- when you're in that flow state, you're not thinking about it. Like as a junior, I can't even remember like ever thinking about the sh- shooting aspect. Yeah. So you just shoot... Um, except obviously when you are in that low, it just becomes extremely hard. I remember not wanting the ball. I didn't want to shoot. Um, but like you said, there's only two people that can shoot. Mm. So you're going to have to shoot eventually. Um, and I found that really challenging. Um, it's like everything I'd think about, I'd be going to training being like, Oh my God, like I have to shoot. Like I just, I don't want to, or you'd be going to a game, just freaking out like game day. I used to hate, I used to hate game day being like, this is the worst thing. Um, ever I now love game day Um, but I think also having that front when people know you're struggling but you don't want to kind of express that um, it's like an awkward situation it's like well everyone knows like you're not loving this and you're actually not playing very well but you still have to present to the team you still have to come into training and smile and do all those types of things which I found quite hard and I think another aspect that was challenging was especially when you're younger that like you're still the same person like netball doesn't define me and I think I struggled a bit with that thinking that if I wasn't playing well at netball then that was like I was a bad person or like I was not doing well at life or stuff like that um so yeah it's hard and it's hard to get out of and I think it did help um speaking to sports psychs um but also just kind of losing that fear and kind of that stuff it mentality I find like I even when I came to fever there was parts where I was like oh gosh like it can't comes back a bit um but just finding yeah that kind of stuff it I do not care what anyone else thinks I don't care about that person in row g seat 24 like what they're thinking about me like I don't even know them so um yeah it's challenging yeah it's <laughs> there was so many good things about that answer Firstly, you want to say if you are a um, ticket holder and your seat is row G, <laughs> seat 24, you're a valued <laughs> member of the... Of I the do team. care about you. So, Please keep coming keep to our games. <laughs> Sorry, oh I had to say. We talked about often, you know, you tie yourself to a to a purpose in life mm-hmm. and obviously netball and performing in that was... Was part of was part of yours, and I was listening to a podcast with Ned Brockman the other day, mm. the guy that ran across Australia, and he's yes, like, I followed "Now I'm not yes. running. Who who am I?" Mm-hmm. And yeah, you almost feel like you're a bad person because yeah. you you don't do this that thing you're attaching yourself yeah. to. You also talked about the junior thing, how you that mental clarity yeah. of of when you're. A kid which is um so yeah special we all wish yeah. we could just be a kid again sometimes mm-hmm. um we don't have enough probably space on my on my laptop but how do you deal with overcoming those things it'll be a long answer yeah. obviously and i know that you would have talked to lots of different people and sometimes yeah. it's different things but well i guess the first question would be do you feel like you're in a place where you feel a lot more Mm-hmm. self-assured all the time yeah um, I think there's so, lots of things um I could go on for ages but definitely I feel like as you get older more mature that definitely helps um you start to not care about those little things that you once maybe did care about at the start you um 
the external pressures and as social media is becoming a lot bigger um when that first started I feel like I was a bit too like conscious of what everyone thought of me um but I feel like as I've gotten older I don't care about that as much um and definitely I feel like the move to Perth um was really a big step not just from netball but for life like I feel like it was something different moving away from home um away from my family I had my own thing um that wasn't just netball like I didn't just move for netball it was like life and netball and I feel like that really helped me even though the fur like fever had its ups and downs to start with um nothing's ever going to be smooth anyway um but I feel like that definitely helped I felt clearer um I had my own life away from my family um and yeah I could kind of deal with it in my own space um and obviously you have the support networks around you I um found out pretty quickly it's good to talk to people about stuff that's going on whether it's tiny or it's just um niggling at you in the back of your head whether it's um your mum dad your sister someone from the team that you're close with um yeah just like talking about like I am struggling and I know everyone knows I am so what can we do about it um yeah and are you good at that now are you an expert are you I'm not an expert um do you say it straight away as soon as you know something's going on are you good at recognizing yeah I feel like I'm better I obviously I'm not the best um at it um not an expert I wouldn't say but I'm definitely have grown I'm able to pick up the phone and call the coach whereas I feel like if there's something about um I don't know something about netball that's annoying me or like a space that I want to grow in or something like that um whereas if I I would never have done that when I first started um or even speaking to our sports site just for a cot like not waiting until something's wrong um is another big thing because I always used to think oh well no I'm not gonna, I don't need an appointment or go for coffee with um with them because I'm fine. Whereas now it's like if I just keep that as the regular, um, yeah, just helps. I think a big thing with with my own mental health that I've found really helps. I'm getting a lot better at recognizing the emotions as they come, mm-hmm. and even if it's if it's a low sort of small thing that you're feeling, it's important equally to recognize it so that you know how to recognize something big that comes up and that's all part of mindfulness and all that stuff now Mm -hmm. arriving in perth it so the way that i understand it yeah (laughs) yeah so nat medhurst who is high profile this titan of netball Mm -hmm. um and obviously perth while she was here she um the fever opt out of keeping her for a final year of her contract yeah she goes to collingwood you come to Perth and then all of a sudden you're almost the the, the scapegoat or the enemy again. again. It's like, yeah. oh, we've... And they weren't angry at you. Like, no one's angry at you. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people were, yeah. but also who cares. <laughs> um, but the, there was a lot of controversy and a lot of confusion about the Fever's decision. And then you're the girl that shows up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop talking now and let, right. let you take yeah. it from here. What What do you remember about about that time? That would have been pretty pretty nuts and pretty scary, I can imagine. Yeah, so... You were still young then. Yeah, I think I was... you still are now. <laughs> Thank you for reassuring me. <laughs> um, yes, I obviously coming over to Perth, 
was a big decision for me. Um, it happened pretty quickly on the back of um, the 2018 season with Collingwood. It just kind of happened and I decided really quickly, um, but it was a big decision. So once I'd made it, like anything, you make a decision and you you just want to get on with it. You're like, yes, I've made a good decision, um, move to Perth and then this whole thing happens. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, why? Because yeah. <laughs> um, obviously I had no, it had nothing to do with me. I didn't decide um, who people were signing, um, whether they were keeping that or um, or not. Um, so that I struggled with that. So moved to Perth and then that happened. I was like, great, another, like, I don't know if I've made the right decision now. Um, everyone hates me. Um, they want Nat back um, and now she's not here. So I think I struggled with that when I first came over, um, but, I came over kind of October 2018 and we didn't start till um, maybe around March the following year. So I had a bit of time, like anything, it blows off and people kind of, um, they don't forget about it, but um, it wasn't the forefront of my mind or other people's, I hope not. Um, but yeah, to come over and that kind of be the first thing was quite hard. And then all the, when you come to a new team, you do the media stuff and um, kind of like articles and stuff in papers and obviously everything was Nat Medhurst, Nat Medhurst and everything. I was like, oh, I just want to be Alice. I just don't want to be attached to anything, um, any other player or any other team. I just want to play. Um, and that probably did kind of at the start of that, my first season with Fever was lingering a bit in my head and the self-doubt being like, oh, did I come here? Was it the right decision? Should Nat be here? Should be better than me? And all those kind of things. But um, yes, it was tough. <laughs> yeah. You said you said a phrase at the start. You said everyone hates me. And I know I know that you laughed now that yeah. now that you say it. Mm-hmm. And it's um it's not stigma attached to it, but I feel like there was like a nineties thing where it was like, Yeah, everyone hates me. But mm, that is genuinely yeah, yeah, yeah. a thing that people like that's a natural thing to feel. Yeah. For for some reason the human brain it's almost wired to look for danger mm-hmm. and it's wired to look for the threats and stuff because obviously yeah. we were once animals um and you do you do feel that way don't you yeah sometimes it's it's actually yeah. i know we can laugh about it no. after yeah but you you almost do feel like that that you're you're on the outside and i can imagine that's when it's harder to seek help or feel like you have that support network yeah no one's on your side can you speak to that a bit yeah um definitely i feel like when i moved over and then this whole nat thing happened um you kind of feel like you're moving and you you need to prove yourself um which also adds adds to it so i feel like when you kind of get that vibe of people aren't very happy that you're here um although really doesn't directly have anything to do with me everything that went on it's hard not to feel that and um I obviously didn't have was establishing relationships over here with the club and support networks around me so I didn't um probably have that someone to I didn't have that relationship established yet so probably didn't talk about that for a little bit um but yeah (laughs) so 2018 the fever mate finals and then mm-hmm. obviously Nat leaves and then mm-hmm. 2019 I think you didn't make finals nah, yeah. 2020 you make a grand final you lose to the Vixens which I'm sure you were having those thoughts of oh, I should have just stayed mm. with the Vixens this <laughs> whole time obviously the story has a, a happy ending yeah. in the end but can you 
can you go back and put yourself in that mindset? What was it like when you've gone, I'm come, I've come to this really good team and now everyone wants nap back and we're not playing finals and now we're in a, we finally make the grand final. We lose to a team that I used to play for, this team mm-hmm. that I, all these girls I grew up probably playing mm-hmm. with. What, what was that like? And yeah. we're saying all this knowing that you, two yes. years later you made it to the top of the mountain. Yeah. So there's a happy ending coming. There but. is. Um, yeah, so obviously the first year at Fever, we didn't win many games at all. Um, and then to not make finals, I think you do have that um, that voice in your head being like, literally I'm the only change basically that's happened. Um, and we just didn't make finals. They've literally gone from just losing a grand final. So that was um, a little bit tough. But then... 2020 came we were in brisbane for obviously COVID also came um we're in brisbane for three and a half months in a hub um and we were playing really good netball and i was um getting court time and i was really enjoying netball um which was great and then to lose it's strange obviously it was really heartbreaking to lose a grand final but there was also that and it was a weird circumstance being in Brisbane, like no family or friends would ever be at any of the games, which was strange. Um, and then to come home and isolate, like in a hotel for two um, two weeks, also still haven't seen anyone. It was really strange. Um, you just lost a grand final. Going through uni exams in like a hotel in quarantine. It was yeah. just all a bit strange and um, probably didn't process it um, until a little bit after. Um, but it's that weird sense of, my netball journey has been so up and down and I was kind of at that. I love I love netball. I'm playing um, reasonably okay. We make a grand final. I've never played in a grand final before. Like that's pretty amazing. Although we lost, um, which was devastating, but it kind of gives you that, like I can do it and we as a team can do it. And I feel like it gave us that um, individually and as a team, that kind of, um, that hunger that, yeah, we do want to do this and we can. So well, strange. let's go. We've arrived mm-hmm. at the happy times. Yes, we've Yay. made it through. Let's talk about let's talk about last year. Obviously, all the things that you go through and stuff, and you get that medal around your mm-hmm. around your neck. You you'd swap positions, which we yep. can maybe I don't know what why you decided to do that, but yep. um, yeah. Firstly, I guess why did you decide to change the position? Um, Is that just a team I thing? I don't think it's my yeah. I, I don't. Well, I don't know what everyone does, but you don't usually go to the coach and be like, I want to change positions. Yeah. Um, you kind of have your positions. I played, so I've grown up playing goal attack forever since I was younger and then um, at Vixens Collingwood and when I started at Fever. Had played like wing attack in trainings, like when they needed numbers or it just happened like that. Um, so it wasn't completely random, but in pre-season... Obviously, you have the girls away on tour for Diamond stuff. Um, Jay is in Jamaica um, yep. doing her stuff. So everyone's kind of in and out with numbers. Some people are rehabbing and injured. Um, so I was just kind of filling the position. It was getting closer to the season, and I just um, started playing it more and more. Um, and it happened quite naturally. And then it just was working and played it a couple of times. In a pra- Actually, I only think I played it once in a practice match, but it was close to the season. And Dan, our coach, was kind of like, well, this could actually work here. Um, and so it kind of happened naturally. I didn't go up to Dan and ask to change. Um, but, yeah, I was ha- definitely happy with it, obviously. Um, so I'm going into my ninth season and to play goal attack forever and then 
suddenly have this new position it kind of gave me this new spark and enjoyment of like whoa I have so much to learn obviously have a lot to learn in goal attack as well but like so much more in this new position that I've never played um at this level so it kind of gave me yeah this extra spark and enjoyment in the game and um lots of areas to learn um didn't have to shoot so I didn't have that um stress I guess um and could run around and just yeah throw the ball around and feed into the goalers so yeah it was awesome and then they can do the shooting is yeah. that something that plays on you on your mind that you that you're not a shooter anymore do you feel like you still I don't know if you owe something to shooting or something is that something that still you um, think about it's I'm not completely not a shooter so like Obviously usually you're not you'd done play forever. Yeah. no no you usually have like a couple of two positions so yeah. I, mine would be wing attack goal attack so still in the training environment um I've been playing a lot of goal attack still, so I feel like it's important to stay in touch with yeah. um, goal attack. But I don't feel like I owe yeah. the netball world <laughs> yeah, to yeah, play yeah. goal attack. Um, but it's just really exciting to have something different because I feel like it doesn't happen a lot that someone changes position this late yeah. in um, Korea. Well, I think you started every game at wing attack and then mm. obviously... It must have worked. What can yeah. you... We finally made it. I said we'd made it and then we talked for 10 know, more minutes sorry. about changing things. No, that was my fault. Um, what's it like when you get that medal around your neck and, and you've made it to the top of the mountain? Yeah, it's pretty special. It's hard to describe like when the siren goes. Um, we're obviously up by quite a bit, so you're able to... Our last five minutes was terrible. Um, <laughs> but you kind of start to get that grin on your face with a couple minutes to go. And then the siren goes and it's just pure enjoyment and it's that instant feeling that you can't replicate again. Um, yeah, it's kind of surreal. And then to so my mum and dad had flown over to come um, and see the game to then celebrate with them and enjoy them coming to the court and just the smiles, the joy of everyone um, is pretty incredible. Awesome, awesome. Now, I guess that almost takes us to the... To the end of all the netball stuff. Now we do a little bit of a, I don't know, we wrap up and reflect mm-hmm. on some of the things you you said. Now, one thing that you said throughout the chat that I thought was really interesting was that you said that nothing is ever going to go as smooth as you want to. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you just said that came off the top of your head? Or is that something that you actually, like for me personally, yeah. I'm just like... Like, things might go wrong. That's just a natural part of life. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not owed anything yeah. or anything. Is that something that, that you think about too? Is that something that you sort of live by? Um, I don't live by it, but I feel like it's, like, nothing. I'm not even talking just netball. Like, in yeah. life, if I feel like I don't know anyone that life has just gone completely smooth and in a, um, no ups and downs. And I feel like it is just life. Like, if you're not taking risks or moving to WA or doing something different. Um, like you, I expect, I expect there to be, um, ups and downs and I feel like it's just a part of life in general and that's what makes it interesting and fun. And you learn from that, become more resilient. Um, yeah. And just grow as a person. Another thing you talked about earlier was, uh, about seeing a sports psych and how you sort of, and, and we do it a lot. Everyone's got different, um, different stages of sort of their mental well-being and their mm-hmm. mental health and where they are at in their life. But you said that sometimes it's easier to push things down because it's, you know, it's scary to mm-hmm. 
dig into those thoughts and and all of those things how i guess do you overcome that and how powerful was it for you when you were actually able to admit mm-hmm. that things weren't going okay because it seems like you're at the stage where you can you can admit when things aren't going okay yeah. and not everyone can do that so props yeah thank you <laughs> um yeah so i think being able to talk openly um like now I feel like I can go to the sports psych say if I'm just not like have a shocker game or like something's just happening in life or netball and I feel like I do have an issue that needs to be resolved or spoken about I can go and speak to her and it's just like even if she's not speaking back to me and I'm just getting everything out it's just like a relief um and I feel so much better and literally even if all she's doing is listening or it might not even be the sports like it could be anyone that I feel comfortable speaking to about it it's just I feel like it's important to not bottle it up because I have done that in the past and it does not help um yeah it's just like a massive relief um and I feel like I can kind of move on um whether I need to do something with what's going on or it's just speaking about it and now I feel better because yeah I've done that obviously and you're heading into another season mm-hmm. I guess what are your emotions as you go into another season is there a, a fear of going back to back or a fear that oh we should be winning like we have to win mm-hmm. what what's it like coming off the back of winning a premiership what are your emotions going into the into the following season yeah I don't think it's fear um I think I'm genuinely excited and just want to play. Um, we're kind of at that point in pre-season where I'm like, oh, I'm done with all of the... Obviously very important, um, <laughs> but I just want to play netball and I'm really loving it and um, super excited. Um, and I think the team is as well. Um, I don't think we have that fear of going back to back. We want to just get out there and um, fight for another premiership. Someone once asked me a question in one of my lower times in my life. Someone asked mm-hmm. me, and I was being quite open with how they feel, and I said, I feel like this and, like, hate this. And, and they said, how do you, like, feel when you say all this stuff out loud? Mm-hmm. And I think my answer took them off guard. I was like, well, I actually feel quite proud mm-hmm. because, like, through all of this and everything that I feel, I've been able to to keep going your story strikes me as one that it's never really been easy even the times Mm. where you think it's going to be easy Mm -hmm. it suddenly isn't um is that something that you reflect on are you are you proud of sort of where you are at the moment are you living in the moment are you like most athletes focusing on the next thing what's Mm. what's your relationship with your story yeah, um, I but guess... you should be proud of yourself. Yeah. There you go. If, you're, if you want to admit it, I'll say it for you. <laughs> no, um, I feel like I don't often sit back and kind of like in this space and reflect basically on um, everything and my story. But I am, I would say I am proud of everything um, so far that I've done and achieved. Um, yeah, because it hasn't been easy all the time, but it has definitely had its highs um, and all worth it. Um, but yeah, no, I am. What do you think is one thing you've learned about yourself since you became an athlete? Hmm. It's a tough one. It is, one thing. Um, 
I feel like because I'm not going to be an athlete forever. It is a short window in life. Um, and definitely over the last couple of years, I've learned this, but just to be where my feet are and smile. I saw that quote a couple of years ago when I was struggling and I've written it in my netball book um, every year. And it's like, like I might not be playing tomorrow. Like you never know. Um, and just be where I am right now and enjoy it and smile. I knew I liked you, but that, <laughs> be where your feet are is genuinely, if you go back, I can't remember which episode I said it on, but the be where your feet are is like the quote that I try to live by mm-hmm. and very difficult for me because yeah. sometimes it's really hard to be where your feet it are. It should be easy. It should. Uh, but it's not. So that's really interesting. And I'm glad, I'm glad that you said that. It's very cool. I love that <laughs> quote. Um, now, I guess if you could sum up what we've been chatting about. Mm-hmm into one piece of advice oh, gosh. for the listener yep. who's maybe going through setbacks, maybe experiencing emotions where they go far out, like I just keep getting knocked down. I keep, mm-hmm. you know, there's all of these emotions throughout your journey. Because I guess if I look at your journey and what we talked about today, there's been setbacks and you've been punched in the face a couple of times and you just keep going, I suppose. Yeah. What would you What would you say to someone who's who's listening, who wants to know how they can get through those. I think sometimes you do just have to reflect on, and we speak about this a bit, is what's your why? Like, why are you doing whatever you're doing? And if, and for me, my why in netball is I love it. I deep down love the sport. I've enjoyed it for that many years. Um, And I do it for myself, my family um, and my team. I feel like, in whatever you're struggling with or whatever you're doing in life, it might be sport, it might be something else, it might be work. Like, why are you doing this? And um, figuring out your why, whether, um, yeah, you're going to continue with whatever you're doing or you might need to make changes. Um, Yeah, so just figuring out that. I like that. What is your why? Because I mentioned earlier in the pod and I talk about myself far too much on this thing, but (laughs) hey, it's got my name in the title. like I went for a run and a ride today and the whole time. It's never fun. Like people are like, how do you do that? I'm like, it's not I fun. I don't know. Yeah, but it's like, it gives me so much more self-confidence. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I talk about it. I've got all these endorphins. I talk about it too much. Um, but th- but that is is my why. And I yeah. like that um, that you've got your own and it's, and it's very cool. So maybe a little bit of a mission for people out there. Um, to sum up what is their why. Alice Tegnell, it has been mm-hmm. so good to have you on the show. I've almost taken an hour of your time. Um, and right. maybe we'll have some dinner now and I'll take more of your time. Sorry about that. It's <laughs> no, um, okay. But thank you very much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to have you. I think your story's really cool, really important, and you were very, very courageous in sharing it all. And as I said, you should be very proud of yourself for all you're achieving and can't wait to see what happens in 2023. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I think I mentioned before that I love listening back and editing. I hate I hate editing these shows. Uh, editing is never fun for anyone, I don't think, but I love being able to listen back to these shows and, and hear what we discussed. And Alice's episode was was honestly really cool. It's it's awesome the amount of resilience that she's shown 
the brave and candid nature that she was able to to talk about her career and obviously we're so proud of her as i mentioned for for getting the for getting that medal last year as a suncorp super netball champion and we can't wait to see where she ends up this year obviously saturday 18th of march the fever take on the vixens at rac arena it's a grand final replay from last year i'm i'm looking to secure tickets so make sure you you get around it and go and watch a couple of games and and see alice in action she's an absolute star and we're very proud of her for all she's achieving make sure you like and subscribe to the show and tell your friends about it. it 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 truly means a lot i just i think this episode it was almost it was almost the perfect episode of what i want to get out of this of this show someone being candid um and brave when talking about their life and their journey but also so inspiring and such a cool and talented person which was which was really cool her resilience is just incredible the other day i was thinking about a little quote you know you get you get knocked down nine times you get up 10 and that's an example of of what alice is is doing so it was so cool to have her i guess that's it i've talked a lot in the uh in the little preamble and and this little wrap up so i'll leave you i'll leave you with this make sure you check in on your mind check in on your mates and i'll see you next time mm-hmm.